You're listening to the Mark Metry Show. Today, I've got on my guest, NQ. He is an award-winning poet, a best-selling author, a multi-platinum songwriter. He is in Oprah's Super Soul 100, and this guy is a living vessel for creativity and wisdom. I'm really excited for you guys to check it out. And as always, every episode of this podcast starts off with a quick freestyle little rap that I wrote for NQ. Nothing professional, just me having fun. I hope you guys enjoy. Walking through, walking through the rows, walking through when no one else knows. They don't know what we've been through. Now I'm on a podcast with NQ. Watch us grow at last into what we meant to be. Watch us grow like a seed. This illusions that they feed us. Living the world where we grew up as rejects. Trying to tell them our truth, but they say it's through esoteric. Global pandemic caused another epidemic of mental health problems that came in our minds just to rob them and harm them and put them in rock bottom. Nervous systems weakened now. Had to go below the surface just to figure it out. How to take what I thought, what I felt, but what I'm not, but what I meant, and put it back in the heart. All the pain and frustrations in my heart, I thought. I lost myself due to complications in my mark Had to spend a couple months by myself in the dark I started writing poems, started speaking with the poets All of a sudden I see how my whole mind opens Creativity with the flow, maturity is when you know when to let it go Stand in the darkness, lighted up by being honest Like Ink, you and I are artists Yeah, we create because it's cathartic Yeah, even when life gets the hardest Yeah, you gotta look at yourself and go even harder Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Thanks, buddy. I had a hard time hearing it, but I'll go back and check it out uh, at another point. And thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah, of course. I gotta, I gotta figure out a way to, to add it in through here. But, um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and. Um, you know, when I was thinking of of people to have on my show when I first relaunched, you were at like the top of the list, you know, because with your, you know, kind of life experience being a poet and uh, being an artist, like in your own way and like using your platform to like, let it speak through you and, and bring out very powerful messages. I was like, I got to have you back on the podcast, um, you know, especially with, you know, the time that we're in in 2022. So I appreciate you for being here. Thanks, man. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. So I'm just curious to ask you, like, when you kind of look back to, I don't know if you even remember, but when you look back to like, um, maybe like an internal like fire that started within you to like start expressing yourself to like start writing poetry. Is there like a story or like a time that you look back on that was like kind of first kind of getting started? And like, what was that like? I mean, I just always liked uh, rhyming and rhythm. And when I was a kid, I got into freestyling and then that graduated into me writing verses. And then that graduated into me performing and then battling. And then when I was 19, I wound up at this open mic for poets and I started, uh, performing there. And over the years, uh, my style just morphed and, and I realized I was more of a poet than anything else, but it's always been about rhythm and rhyme, to be honest, and, and mm. expressing whatever was going on, uh, in my mind and in my heart. 
That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, I, uh, like, uh, like bef- earlier today when I was, um, just like trying to like look m- uh, more into like different things that you've done. I, I found a, uh, <laughs> I found, uh, I found like this, um, like this video It's called, uh, in Q, like when hip hop was fun. Oh yeah. That's like the, the post slam. And, um, I'll, I'll put a link to that, but I highly recommend like everyone to, to go check it out. I thought it was really awesome. And, and, uh, you know, for me, like, it's interesting because I never really thought of someone who was like interested in poetry and that it, it's really interesting because I think for me, like one of the things that I've realized is that like, sometimes when you read a poem and again, I'm not sure whatever devices, I'm sure, you know, a lot, like whether it's rhyming, um, I just feel like it has a very interesting way of like entering your mind, you know, and, and it's a way where I, I don't think that regular speech always has that effect, you know, and it, and it starts to get me to think about like the power of art in, in like some of the most productive ways. And I, and I even remember when you came on my podcast, like two years ago, I remember that was one thing that you, you kind of said, if I'm remembering correctly of where you said on how, you know, a lot of these things like art creating poems, people might view them like they're, you know, you know, silly ways to have fun or just like art. And they put it in like sort of this box, but really it's uh it's, it's a huge part of life. Like it completely helps you in so many different ways. And it's, it's just really interesting to think about that. I'm curious to like, you know, from like a professional poet like you, like, how do you think about like poetry and its art and how people perceive it differently and how it can like enter your mind in a different way that may be powerful and, and, and emotional for someone even, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think that all art communicates differently um, and poetry communicates in a unique way to people. And there's so many different types of poetry as well. There's the more academic poetry, poetry you would read in a book. There's uh, poetry from other eras and times. There's modern kind of spoken word performance poetry. There's uh, online Instagram, um, TikTok, poetry, Mm. and all of them have their place. And all of them communicate their messages differently. And so I'm a fan as well as a creator. Yeah, no, I I love it. And, um, and, you know, I think a, a lot about this from the perspective of like, you know, I have a podcast, um, like a lot of the work that I try to do is just like trying to highlight awareness for like mental health on many different levels. And I feel like stuff with that, you know, it's, it's like one thing for someone to, um, you know, just like read about something, although, you know, words can be very, very powerful, even if they're not poetic. Um, but I think if you can like match it up with some kind of like art form that is even like entertaining, like, I feel like that is how um, a lot of, like, minds can be impacted around the world, you know? And I look at people like you, and I look at a lot of other different kinds of artists and different forms that, you know, are starting to, like, you know, whatever it is, uh, be more aware or, or speak more about the things that are really meaningful to them and their art. And it, I think it's just a very interesting kind of, like, picture here. And I, I think, like, that's really, like, how we're going to, move the world forward. Honestly, I think it's like with more art that gets people to, to think and feel uh, about the things that they got to think and feel about. So, 
um, you know, kudos to you. And I'm, it's like just very, very interesting, like from a very perspective. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I, I definitely know what you're saying. I don't really try to do much to other people, to be honest. <laughs> I just try to like express something that's going on for myself. I mean, I hope that it impacts people in a positive way that they, you know, have a realization that shows up, you know, not only maybe in their heads, but like in reality, like that, that there's some sort of a realization that changes something, uh, in their lives. Um, but for me, I'm just, as I said, exploring my, uh, never ending momentary truth. And I trust that if I'm exploring something that's true to me, it will be true to other people. And if it's meaningful to me, then it will be meaningful to other people. Not everyone, but sure. um, someone. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's it's like so surprising, like how often sometimes like I talk to people who like have done something really extraordinary that's helped like a lot of people. And a lot of them say like, oh, yeah, I was just doing it like by myself like in my room. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's curious to see like how that reflection can like play out in the world. And I think a lot of the times, like when you create something for yourself and like you reach a level of like, just like emotional honesty within yourself, I feel like that's the exact vulnerability that you need for other people to resonate with that versus where you're like, Hey, let me create something that other people can, you know, benefit from. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll also work, but you may not let, like get that same level of honesty. So it's it's so interesting. It's so interesting. Um, I mean, I'd, be, I'd just be curious to ask you too, like I'm sure not every day is the same t is the same way and maybe it's changed over the years, but I'm curious to ask you like, what does your like poetry process look like? Yeah, it's changed over the years because I've been doing it so long, man. You know, I started pretty much when yeah. I was 14 and in some form or fashion and so it's changed as I've changed over my life and will continue to change. Um, right now, I only really write when I have something to say, like something that I'm really inspired by or an assignment that I'm aligned with. And then I can usually find some inspiration within the assignment. But the purest form of inspiration is just uh, like, you know, lightning. You know, shows up when it wants to show up. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, but I, I don't have like a practice. I don't sit down and say, I'm going to write this number of hours or day or even at all. Um, because I've spent so much time honing my craft over the years. It's really overwhelming <laughs> to look back on how much time I've dedicated to poetry and art in general. And, uh, and so all of those hours are within me, you know, anything that you put your time and your love into you embody in some form or fashion, whether or not it works out the way that you initially imagined, you have that experience. And you take ownership over that creative wisdom. And so for me, I don't really need to like practice right now anymore. Often, I I guess I do if I'm doing like a show or a specific thing that I need to prepare for, but um, I don't need to like put my hours in on creation. I just need to live enough 
to where something actually stands out in life and uh, forces me or invites me to sit down and create time to explore it. Mm. I love that. And, um, you know, I'm sure you've heard this quote, but it's something like, you know, creativity, um, you know, is something that through moves through you, you know, and it doesn't necessarily, um, you know, belong to you per se, but like when it comes like a lightning bolt and you're in like the present moment flow, um, you know, at least during that initial like creation process, it's almost like you're not even like there because the creativity is like taken over and like you almost like using yourself as like a vessel. It's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely a balancing act. It's Mm -hmm. a balancing act between you being uh, fully the creator, you know, because it won't come into existence without you. And Mm -hmm. that will come from your perspective. Um, But then also knowing that the energy is flowing through you and that if you don't pick it up and create something with it, that muse will just float off to someone else. You know, it doesn't even matter if it's a different genre or, you know, but it makes no difference to the muse. You know, the muse just wants to be in the world. That's so interesting. So when it comes to, you got to use it. (laughs) Well, you don't have to, but Mm. if you don't, someone else will. And by the way, if you do, someone else will. <laughs> it's so but, interesting. you know, the choice is yours. It's so interesting. Do you feel like, um, do you feel like creating in general and, and poetry like helps you feel better about life, like improves your like sense of like mental well-being? I do. I think that um, for other people more than anything else, though, at this stage, because Mm. it's so ingrained in who I am. Like it's been a part of my life for so long. Think about that. I mean, I'm 44 and I was doing this seriously when I was 14. I mean, as seriously as a 14 year old can be, I, I was. And, um, that's a long time to have a companion, a creative companion, uh, so it's hard for me to differentiate myself from my poetry. I try mm. to, you know, I try to give myself the freedom to wake up tomorrow and decide I don't want to be a poet anymore because then when I choose to be a poet, I do it in a more empowered way. But it's also pretty intertwined in my identity. Um, and so it's partially something I have to continue to untangle. And then it's partially something I just have to accept that this is a part of who I am. Um, and yeah, I mean, because of that, I don't even know how to say poetry is a part of my mental health because poetry is my mental health. <laughs> you know, I don't know who I would be without it. But like when I teach workshops for other people, it's incredibly impactful for them to explore moving and meaningful stories from their lives or emotions uh, through an art form that they would or would not normally use. Um, And like we're doing a retreat in Morocco coming up in October Mm. uh, from 
October 16th to the 21st. And it's like a poetry workshop retreat slash adventure retreat. And uh, it's just going to be so transformational for the people that come. And uh, I'm excited about that for them because whether or not they're avid poets or whether or not they don't even consider themselves writers at all, we're all storytellers and stories that we Mm. tell ourselves and other people become our lives. So, you know, it's change your story, change your life. And if you Mm. want to change your life, you have to change your story. And you can do that in a bunch of different ways, but poetry is one of the avenues. Mm. I love that. I'm, I'm glad you're doing that workshop. Actually, believe it or not, in that time, I'm going to be in Egypt. So it's like right next Very to cool. Morocco. Um, nice, that's, man. That's you should come. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely, I'll definitely look into it. I think I saw something on your website um, yeah. for that. But yeah, we just that sounds it. awesome. I think, yeah, and I think that's so needed too because, um, you know, personally for me, like, you know, as a, as a guy, I feel like for me, my just like, you know, I grew up as someone – I never use like my creative um, abilities per se was always kind of suppressed. <laughs> and I always viewed like poetry writing, even though I kind of did it, I always kind of viewed it in like a very, um, you know, like kind of like soft, lighthearted way, like almost like, Oh, this is for girls. Um, and I don't mean to like use that in any kind of an insulting way. Same thing with like journaling, you know? And, and like looking back, it's so interesting to like see how my perspective has changed so much on these things that, you know, I, I thought they were too too soft quote unquote, because I'm a guy when in reality, like, for example, like what you teach in your workshop, like teaching people how to take their stories and like express it through the art form of, of, uh, of poetry or creativity. It's like one, one of the most probably helpful things that someone will ever do. And, and it's just so interesting to like, look back at that idea. And I also like, look, you know, just like kind of speculating at like, you know, different kinds of men like in America who like believe the same thing about different things. Like I remember I used to think the same thing with like journaling and like meditation and and poetry writing, like, oh, these are all things that are, you know, not for me. And again, maybe they're not for everybody, but it's interesting to think about how I think a lot of guys uh, believe that. And I think for some of them, it it like stops a lot of them from, it kind of like restricts their identity. I'm curious, like, what do you, what do you think about that? I think that one of the main cornerstones of mental health is expressing yourself. Mm. And so, you know, when you keep all of these things inside of you, they become disease, basically. It's like dis-ease. Emotion is energy in motion. It has to move. So if it doesn't move through you, it becomes trapped. And then you like take it out on people in traffic or something on a random Wednesday. And, Mm. you know, you're not having the depth of the type of relationships that you want, you know, with your primary people. Um, And in general, you just feel slightly like suppressed and uh, unexpressed and to feel unexpressed is to feel unfulfilled. I mean, why else are we here on this planet? And by the way, I'm not telling anybody anything. Like, I'm not trying to say I'm fulfilled. (laughs) I'm not saying that I'm like, you know, I've reached some sort of destination of enlightenment or anything like that. I'm saying it's a process Um, and it's a never ending process, but that process is partially about expressing 
who you are in this world. I mean, it's a miracle to be alive. In order for us to even be born, we're pretty much in a race against 350, you know, million sperm and we won. <laughs> but we have the nerve to walk around like we're mistakes. If this is like a mental health podcast, I mean, that's something for people to think about. You know, you're not a mistake, you're a miracle. And part of uh, having gratitude for uh, being here is to express who you are, who you are. And nobody has been through what you've been through. Nobody is like you. You are an absolute unique snowflake. There might be 8 billion other snowflakes, but uh, nobody's snowflake is like yours. And I want to know what that pattern is. Because when I see your pattern, I feel a little bit less alone in my human experience. And uh, so it's a, it's a mutual thing. Uh, expression is for the person who is expressing and also for the person that is experiencing the expression. And I think all around it's about release and alchemy and transformation. Hmm. It's so, so, so important, like especially with what you said about um, like not expressing yourself and that stuff just kind of contain, contains inside of you and like it literally turns into disease. I think that's like the, the most truest thing I've heard uh, in, in a long time. And well, it's it's also, you know, I mean, think about these these guys that are like going out and doing all of these uh, mass shootings. Mm. I mean, these are really, really mentally ill people, but they're also very unexpressed. This is like their big expression, and they've somehow convinced themselves that the anger that they're feeling internally that they can't get out has to be put on everyone else. If they're this miserable, everybody else has to be this miserable. And um, yeah, part of that is, is about somebody losing it, you know? But part of that is about um, them not being able to be seen at all. Them having no outlet for that shit. And I'm not making any excuses, but I would wish that there was more of uh, places where people, but specifically in this case, men felt comfortable getting shit out of their system so that it didn't... Um, become these horrible, horrible tragedies. You know, you know, by the way, and, and I'm equal opportunist in terms of expression. <laughs> Everyone needs to express, but like you don't see women doing mass shootings like that. You know, really. It's yeah. these like men that are like, oh, I got to keep it all inside. You know, and then they just explode. So I think um, yeah. it's actually like uh, in our in our national defense <laughs> for people to create and express. Mm. Oh man, that's so powerful! It it is very very important. What's interesting too is that, like in the case like that mass shooting, like you you also don't necessarily see that happening in other countries too. 
maybe in some countries, maybe in other ways, like they do have, um, you know, every society has problems with lack of expression, you know, especially with men for sure. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see how different societies express it with like the different rules and the environment that we all live in. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm honestly glad that you brought that up in terms of the mass shooting, because like, you know, like it's me- mental health, like everyone always talks about oh, mental health is it's like the next epidemic. Um, it's a huge problem. And I think like mass shooting, is just a very small way that this is being shown in our society. And unfortunately, you know, I, I wish it doesn't happen again, but there's still a lot of lack of expression, you know, and guys, especially like you're not, you know, imagine growing up, you're not taught the ways to express yourself. You're living in very challenging circumstances and, you know, you play video games, you do whatever and like you don't express it. You know, it's very, very dangerous and it's uh, it's a huge problem. I see. It all yeah. The time. I mean, you also, know? in my opinion, they, they need to definitely change the laws around sure. gun ownership sure. from the standpoint of smart uh, regulation not from the standpoint of mm. taking people's guns, but yeah. smart regulation. And it's a real shame that we can't hold two truths in our minds in the same space at the same time. It's like people just mm. either go, no, it's mental health and sickness. Right. And then somebody else goes, no, it's only guns. And the other side thinks that if they admit that there needs to be smart gun regulation, then they're their second amendment rights are going to be completely taken away. And then other side think that if they admit that there's some mental health involved in this, then all of a sudden they won't do any gun regulation. And it's just like, dude, can't we like, can't we just have an adult conversation that isn't like based around ideology, but that's part of the sickness that, that America is going through as well. For real, it's it's so important, and um, you know, I was actually reading this this uh, this book, and, and he talked about um, one of the hallmarks of like having poor mental health is like not being able to contend like two different ideas uh, that may be in times uh, you know paradoxical or whatnot, and it's uh it's honestly sad like it's honestly sad to like realize that, and especially like to see like how like, you know, the younger generation is like looking at like these supposed adults that, you know, I, I I honestly meet a lot of kids and people who are younger, who are much more open-minded, who are like a lot more, um, you know, able to, to kind of like contend with ideas that they don't agree with sometimes. And it's just like interesting to see like what kind of a, um, like leadership conundrum this is like creating with like younger people who are like looking at adults, especially like different politicians who like are supposed to be like the leaders of our government and to see like them not able to like have adult conversations. It's, uh, it's definitely very sad, you know, and it's, it like speaks to, um, like who we have as like different role models, like in America. And it's, uh, it's definitely a challenging time for sure. Um, yeah, I, I also think that there's, I mean, I'm, I'm ultimately hopeful and I hope that the youth yeah. decides to, step up and and take some of those leadership roles i mean we need youth um to be involved in uh taking america and global culture forward and Mm -hmm. uh 
I mean, if you think about like where America came from, like all of those people, like Benjamin Franklin and Hamilton and like, all, they were young as fuck, man. Really? They were young because it was such a young country, mm. you know? And now our last two presidents are like, you know, I'm not an ageist, by the way. I'm not, you know, I'm not like, right. I, I don't have, I think. Older people have an enormous amount of wisdom that they need to share, but we need a combination. We need yeah. the the idealism and the hopefulness and the innovation of youth, and then we need the security and the wisdom uh, and the responsibility of the older generation to combine. And that's what I'm saying. It's like we're on these polar opposites, but really the middle is is where the good stuff is. Um, mm we have to find a way to compromise so that it doesn't feel like a sacrifice. But we've, we've gotten more and more into this like kind of tribal mentality in every possible way. And that's a real issue because, you know, now, like, I guess nobody, almost nobody who's like a Democrat or a liberal winds up marrying a conservative or a Republican, you know? And yeah. <laughs> if that, stays that way um we're gonna have some issues in a hundred years i mean actually think about yeah. that just even marriage and children and how you just have you know one group marries and it, it almost becomes like i heard i think balaji was talking about this who's who's an incredible kind of thinker and entrepreneur i think he was talking about this on a podcast but it could almost become like um Shiite Sunni or I mean you know I mean you yeah. you just I, seriously like yeah you know it's it's scary man we have to like see each other you know so and I'm part of that to bring it full circle is about um having different ages in in um taking part in leadership yeah yeah definitely and it's um you know like I I would also say too like for people who think that like you're exaggerating in terms of like the whole like tribal shi'i sunnis i i don't think you're exaggerating at all like especially if you look at just like different sides and you know one side especially like they basically want to um they basically want to have like the state with um like religion with the church um which again like i you know i think church is fine but I think when you're like creating rules uh, based on like other people and like one specific belief system, and then you have another group of people who don't want to follow those rules, but then one group is trying to push the government to make these rules. It's you can definitely get bad, you know, for sure. And I, again, I definitely have hope for sure too, but you know, I look back at like what I can control as an individual, you know, and I know I can control myself. I can try to help out my family, my friends, the people who I'm closest to, you know, I know I have like, you know, a very, 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 very small micro influence of, of people online. And, um, you know, I like recently just started a, um, like a peer to peer, uh, like men's mental health group in Boston, you know, and I, I try to look at the things that I can control, you know, and it's, uh, it's definitely very challenging sometimes for sure. And I, and I find myself You're doing too, it though. Like, yeah. I mean, you're doing it, man. I mean, if everybody took that that kind of like uh, strategy, for lack of a better word, the world would be a better place. 
if everybody took responsibility for themselves and really like worked on themselves and tried to be the change that they want to see in the world, um, that would be an exponential ripple. And if everybody went one step farther and tried to create a safe space for other people to explore that as well, uh, that exponential ripple would be even bigger. So I'm hopeful, man. We, we got waves coming. Yeah, I know for sure. And I think what's interesting too is that like, you know, like I, I personally, like I try not to watch the news, but also at the same time, like I also know that I can't like ignore the world and I can't like just like pretend that like I'm, you know, I'm in my own bubble, maybe for sure sometimes. Um, and it's just like interesting, like about like the, the balance between like where I feel like if I'm really paying attention to the world and God forbid I'm watching the news, I definitely feel like my mental health is like uh, definitely like not at its best, especially if, if I'm in that for too long. But also at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't necessarily think the solution is just completely ignoring everything about the world and just like pretending that like you're living in, you know, some world that you made up. Although sometimes I'm sure that will be, that's helpful, you know, and it's, it's interesting. You know, I, I like, I saw your poem about, um, you know, Fox News sucks. <laughs> oh, but so does NBC and all the media is bad. I'm, I'm like curious to how like you think about like, just like media consumption in terms of like balance that balancing that out with like your own piece, like your own internal world. Like, do you need it? Like, do you need that to make great work? How do you think about that? That makes sense. I think you said it perfectly, which was pretty much like you don't want to be inundated with the lowest common denominator and, you know, constant fear, which is what the media sells in order to, keep you glued to the TV so that they have bigger advertising buys. Um, crazy. But I also don't think that it's like healthy to ignore the world. So I think once again, it's a balancing act. Um, and by the way, I want to be clear. I wrote that poem forever ago, uh, like literally like 10 years ago and nothing oh, wow. really has changed. Um, but I also like, oh, wow know that every poem is kind of a compartmentalization of how I feel at the moment. And it's always limited. Like I have deep respect for journalism, mm. deep respect for people that go out and sacrifice their time and their love and their safety to bring us stories about the world. Yeah. Deep respect. The problem is the system has been uh, co-opted by unconscious capitalism. And once again, I'll make clear to anybody who's listening to this, <laughs> wherever you are, I'm a fan of capitalism. But I'm not a fan of unconscious capitalism. I'm not a fan of uh, growing for the sake of growth. There has to be um, some sort of integrity or morality in how you grow. And for this to be um, a for-profit business that's all about attention means that they're always going to go towards the things that cause you most anxiety and fear because that's what's going to keep you on the couch and uh even if they're telling you the truth they're telling you a truth it's not all the truth so it's just something to keep in mind as you you know balance for yourself yeah I definitely like what you said about the the capitalism part because 
like when you realize that you realize like it's actually everything it's not just like it's not just like the like the mainstream media like the same the same thing is true for social media the same thing is true with podcasts where like we live in a system the algorithm social media whatever where if it's more polarizing if it's more controversial people will pay more like it gets more views then like the creators, the podcasters, whatever, they're incentivized to like put out more stuff like that, you know, and it's like a, it's a yeah. cycle everywhere. You know, it's not just, um, you know, the, like on TV, it's, it's, it's social media, it's podcasts, it's so many, you know, and it's, it, it like speaks like this bigger, um, you know, what was the word you use? You use what capitalism? You said selfish capitalism? Uh, unconscious unconscious capitalism yeah um you know and it's so interesting when you look at it from that perspective and um and then also like trying to be like hey how can i do good in in this um unconscious capitalistic way i guess it's to be consciously capitalistic (laughs) yeah i mean one step at a time right (laughs) yeah for sure um and i'm curious to ask you like um what's something that like aside from poetry um what's like one thing that you do that you like really enjoy and you feel like it it gives you a better sense of like uh, mental well-being i'm just curious i like taking walks you like what rocks (laughs) i like hot rocks no i like taking walks oh taking (laughs) i like throwing rocks i'm like yes i like throwing rocks actually it's the same thing Taking walks and throwing rocks, watching hawks <laughs> uh, instead of guys. Do a question. Let me yeah. let me ask you another random question. Um, whenever like you're talking, like you're just randomly talking, you ever have like the urge to start rhyming? Like the words no, that you're saying? not really. No. Sometimes I do it by accident. It's just like so natural to me. But um, no, <laughs> I feel like I sometimes do. <laughs> cool. Like sometimes I'll be talking to someone and be like, sometimes I do, and then my mom will be like, oh, uh, like pop up like three words that I can. Well, like, sometimes rhyme you with. can play the rhyme game with people. That's always fun. I say a sentence. What's the and rhyme you game? Say a sentence. Well, you just say oh, say wow. yeah. Oh, we're sitting here, and I'm using this mic. I'm pondering fear in my psyche. Well, how do you unravel that into your life? Go back to my past and think of the times where I wasn't right. That's some deep shit. <laughs> uh, you should say it twice. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm when I'm counting sheep in my sleep, <laughs> I'm rolling the dice. <laughs> Sometimes when I dream, it gives me the best advice. I had a dream and it told me, yo, Mark, you got to quit your vice. That's also been on my head like some lice. It's been on my, it's been on my head like some lice. Was walking through the park, got, was thinking of getting Lyme disease twice by a tick that almost bit me. Had Not, you, off my you can't say, you can't say the same rhyme twice. That's <laughs> oh how the game works. So as soon as you say the same rhyme. You lose, but really everybody wins. It's not like a competition. That's so fun. It's like that's the oh end. Oh my god, that's yeah. so fun. If I come to that Morocco retreat, we got to do this live. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun little exercise that you do with people. It's like a fun oh way god, to like um, 
just break the ice and and just be open with somebody, create with somebody, be in a moment with somebody. You're both like focused. It's uh mm. yeah, it's enjoyable. It's awesome. And I um I was like reading this article and it said that like um uh, I think it was like j- jazz musicians and like freestyle rappers. Yeah. When they're like in the zone, there's like a part of your brain that um I forget I forget exactly what it's called. But there's like a part of your brain that like lights up or it either like shuts off, and that's like responsible for like your sense of self. So like they've literally seen like people who enter in these states of flow, and they're just focused on the present moment. Like there's a there's a part of your brain that either switches on or off that. You know, I feel like when that when you experience something like that and then you come back out of that flow and you come back like into yourself, there's like a little part of you that feels like more expressed. There's like a little party that feels a little different, you know, and I feel like that's what life is, um, you know, is all about. And whether it's it, it's freestyling or, or rhyming or having a deep conversation with someone like it's it's so important to be in the present moment, you know, and um, and I think a lot of times like these days like one like what the biggest thing that takes people out of flow is like your phone you know and obviously sometimes you got to have your phone you got to look things up but like i often find that like the biggest thing that takes people out of flow is like their phone like even if like you have like a moment where you're bored or whatever you pull out your phone and then you pull out your phone and you're like reading all your notifications and then you're in like a different world um and i think for me like the the more i can be in the present the more i can be in that present flow I feel like the happier and healthier that I am, you know, and it's, it's definitely like a, it's a really, I think it's a really, really important like skill to like cultivate today, especially like when we live in a world that is trying to constantly get you to not be in the present um, because it's incentivized to do the opposite, to take your attention. Yeah. I hear that for sure. Very interesting. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Well, dude, I, I appreciate you coming on the podcast um and uh doing this rhyming game and um and having a conversation um i'm curious to ask you like is there anything right now that like you're working on anything that you like want people to check out or something really cool that that you recently made that's out or or i mean you know there's the book inquire within which has all of my poetry in it i always keep it next to me when i do these uh podcasts thanks buddy appreciate that man i appreciate you uh spreading the poetry I'm really proud of the book, and so anybody can buy that or they can get the audio book if they want. I also have a special that's on Amazon Prime that's called InQ Live at the Ace Theater. And then you can come check us out in Morocco if you're interested. Um, as I said, I think it's the October 16th to the 21st, and you can go on my website at in-q.com. Um, and that's where you can get all of my information. And then if you want to follow me on uh, social, it's just in Q life. Awesome. We'll have all those links below in I appreciate you so much for coming on. This was a blast. Thanks to everyone out there for watching slash listening. This has been your host, Mark Metry.